before we get started today, I want to remind you guys that the Meaning Time show featuring Lenny is fueled by Gatorade. Whatever path you take to greatness, Gatorade is there to fuel it. Greatness starts with G. Also, 30 for 30 podcasts and the undefeated present The King of Crenshaw. This four-part series examines how Nipsey Hussle's life, death, and legacy impacted the sports world, particularly the NBA. Here, DeMar DeRozan, Isaiah Thomas, and DeMarcus Cousins, amongst others, exploring the realities of life as a black man in America, Nipsey's dedication to South L.A. and his community, and how Nipsey inspired millions. The marathon continues The King of Crenshaw. Listen now on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Mini Kime Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks Walker Little is a great nickname for his mom. He calls his dad Walker Medium. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes, and I am in studio for a very special episode, a, a recurring episode, the third episode, the third installment of the now annual Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny, Team Draft, the Mike Goley Jr. Man, electric. Did anyone else just get chills? Is that just me? No? So, All right. Um, we have a guest producer filling in today. Shout out to Taylor. Shout out to Stancic, and who's out. And he asked me to explain the team draft scoring system before, as, when we sat down, and I, I really could not do it. I immediately started to make the like ancient aliens meme guy face. Where it's, so the thing about the Mina Kime show draft is that at this point, I think the bit is that none of us really know how it works. All we know is that we are now, after two years of doing this, in what is usually annually the longest podcast in the Mean Time Show featuring <laughs> Lenny Universe, we are now one and one. I won year one, and you won last year, so that is where we stand. Yeah, the scoring system year one was a little out of whack, a little skewed towards the Super Bowl winner. How much do you want to continue to blame that for me just beating you? Um... I you know the results speak for themselves. Last year I won. The last we're going to stick with last year's scoring system because it was obviously it, you know what it it was also I think borne out by the fact that it was actually pretty close. Yeah, I only won two hundred and eighteen to two hundred and twelve. So the the way this works before we get into it is Mike and I alternate drafting NFL teams basically based on how successful we think they'll be. Um, you get a point for each win. So you know if the team goes oh my god seventeen and zero. 17, that's going to be weird. Um, oh, actually, I just realized that now increased changes the game a little bit because you want, it puts more emphasis on the regular season. Yes. So, mm, interesting, mm. topical. So you get one point for each win, five points for making the playoffs, five points for making the divisional round, 10 points for making the uh, conference championship, 10 for making the Super Bowl, and then five for winning the Super Bowl. We dialed back the final yeah. the winning because I think you picked the winner and it was like out I, of control. I think it was like 20 points or something insane like that. So Sanzik uh, graciously put together... A review of who picked which team, and I thought we could take a look back on how right and wrong we were going into last season. So I won, in case you forgot from the beginning of the episode when I reminded everyone that I won. I had the Chiefs, um, the Saints, okay, the Cowboys, but yeah, this was before Dak Prescott. Yeah, it's understandable. The Steelers. Ended up being a good pick. Yeah. So, hey, all the Steelers fans are angry with me right now. I believed in you guys last year. The Seahawks, the Eagles, <laughs> Wolf, 
Titans, Packers, that ended up being great value for me. Lions, Pats, Broncos, Raiders, Bears, Giants, Dolphins. That was, we took way too late. Um, And then the Panthers. So you had. I had Baltimore, the 49ers, Mm. the Colts. The Bills that ended up being a, a good one for you. huge win. The Bucks obviously, you know, yeah, worked out well. The Vikings, the Rams, Browns, uh, Chargers, Texans, Falcons, Cardinals, Jets, Washington football team, yeah. and then the Bengals and Jags. So a lot of bad football at the end. Yeah, I, I think I, I won mainly because I had like good value later on. Yeah, it's incredible like some, depth. Some teams that surprised. Um, and yeah, you won the. It's fun. See, even if we had left the super, if we had left a Super Bowl winning bonus at like ten points, yep. well, you still would have lost because I beat you by six points. So yeah, anyways, whatever. Would have been a nail biter. So basically, this all matters because this isn't a power rankings. Like we're not picking the best team. You're also it obviously is taken into consideration, but you're also factoring in like how likely is this team to win their division because you get a huge bonus for that, and how likely are they to you know, get a lot of wins and go deep in the playoffs. So you're considering strength of schedule, that sort of thing. That said, it, it aligns pretty closely with the power rankings. Yeah. Like I, I ranked my teams. I don't know what kind of prep work you did, but... Um, oh, I've, I've got plenty of rankings right here. I've got a robust Google Doc that we've okay. been working on here. So right, I know right. I know, I know, know the love language in the Mina Kime show is just lengthy Google Docs, so... Well, speaking of love language, I appreciate you so much. That I'm going to let you pick first this year. I think I picked first last year. I can't remember. I think, well, probably if I took the Chiefs, I probably picked first last year. And yes. you took the Raiders. You didn't pick the Ravens first. So I've decided, and I, and I actually think this is a difficult pick. I think it's much, I, this year is much harder than last year, in my opinion, because the two teams that ev- everyone is deciding between, it's hard. It actually is hard. It is legitimately tough here, and I did not know I was going to get the first pick here, so it's actually nerve-wracking because if you had had the number one pick, <laughs> it would have made it easy for me, and I wouldn't be so steeped in regret. Whew. All right. Did I throw you? You did throw me a little bit here, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I had them listed at number one here. I understand the immediate argument for the other side here, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to pick Kansas City. Okay. Were you concerned at all? Kansas City preseason week two, Patrick Holmes played like the whole first half, which is just hilarious. Um, you know, the offense looks a little bit out of sorts. Now, Tyreek Hill was not playing. Yep. Um, chemistry with Nicole Hardman was a little bit off. But the offensive line looked good. Yep. Um, which has been the I, the, the whole qu- offseason, everyone's been like, oh, the Chiefs rebuild offensive line. That I kind of think people forgot, like, oh, this is actually a pretty shallow receiving group. And if Tyreek Hill's not in the game, yes. like, oh, Byron Pringle, McCole Hardman, they, there's no one else. There's a reason why I think this team made a run at Juju Smith Schuster. Don't understand why he said no, but that's a different story. Do you have any concerns about that? Uh, A a little, because like you said, especially with Tyreek, like the whole house of cards is built on him. You've got one guy that's special that allows the rest of that very fast core to all look like they're more competent than they were. It was kind of the Sammy Watkins effect when he was over there. So I I, I am a little bit worried about that. The thing that makes me feel a lot better is the fact that the offensive line, it's going to be a lot different system wise. We've seen people point out some of the different things they're going to do in the run game. Certainly a different unit that Patrick Mahomes is used to being protected by and He's a unique guy to have to protect because of what he does. Like for a lot of these guys, maybe sitting, you know, Sands, uh, Orlando Brown, 
you're not as used to having a quarterback that you've got to keep track of like this. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's an adjustment period for all of that. But that being said, the Patrick Mahomes effect still allows me to believe he can will you through to win a couple of those games where maybe the rest of your team wouldn't quite be as up to speed. But even for Orlando Brown, like, I mean, that offense is so unique um, you know, we've t- obviously there's the power running game, which there's the Chiefs. There's been a lot of speculation about w- whether how they might implement that and into their offense. But I also think just like the depth of Mahomes drops, which it looked like uh, were actually a little bit shallower in the preseason. I was wondering if you noticed that or had any thoughts on that. Well, and I heard them talking about saying that was kind of a point of emphasis for him this year was to be a little more on time in those areas and be a little more dialed in because he understands how sacks get created in the NFL. It is interesting, too, to consider what you mentioned, the drop-back depth there, some of the things about this offense for Orlando Brown. You've got two of these guys in this offensive line that came from Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma that this offense is going to borrow a lot of run game stuff from and just in general is a little more akin to this than what Orlando certainly ran in Baltimore here. But I guess what I'm saying is it's not totally foreign to everyone involved here. You know, for Trey Smith, I mean, what he was coming from at Tennessee and the hellscape there, it'll be night and day. Mm. But I, I... I'm very intrigued by it, but at least, I mean, they addressed the overwhelming need. Like, they got better in a place, and they were still a team that was in the Super Bowl. It's also interesting to see on the other side of the ball, um, you know, they they signed Jaron Reed, and when Chris Jones was just flying off the edge, who were they playing in the the second week, too, I remember, but he just absolutely brutalized one of the offensive linemen. Uh, It was a... Oh, yeah, no, I I do remember that one. Scene. I don't remember who um, was on the scene, but... That'll oof. be interesting. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like it. I think the division is a little bit challenging because of the sort of the rise of the Chargers and potentially the Broncos two teams we'll talk about but um you know what I I mean this is that's a good segue to the team I'm obviously going to take the Bucks at yep. two which is like you know watch for the Saints uh the other night uh, with, with, so we Mike and I are recording this on Tuesday I'm assuming by the time this comes out, Jameis Winston will have won the quarterbacking yes. job. Uh, Please, God. And, you know, like a little bit harder. I, I thought, we'll talk about the Saints later. We don't really need to talk about the Bucks. I, I think my only hesitation, if any, about drafting the Bucks here is actually, you know, I'm like, uh, division might be a little bit harder, but I'll talk about this team in depth. No need to get into it. They're stacked. The only question I have is health and depth, which is, you know, should apply to every team. The only thing that can undermine these mutants. I'm with you. Okay, well, you got it three. All right, number three. Mm, 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 mm. I'm going to go with Buffalo here. Okay, I, I was deciding between two teams. I think I know the team. Buffalo was one of them, but yeah. yeah. Well, and for Buffalo, for me, and I, I think I saw you tweeting about this. We've certainly seen it some in the preseason, though. If this team can start to get a semi-consistent four-down pass rush on the other side, yeah. and we've seen A.J. Epinesa start to uh, flash a little bit, their draft pick from Iowa last year, if some of those things can start to line up here, that can really take that team from good to great. Because there were portions of last year, I remember talking with Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders when we'd have him on the radio show, there were points of last year where Josh Allen was dragging a lot of the rest of that underperforming roster yeah. through portions of that season. Greg Rousseau also looks like a Yeah, freak. which, man, I wasn't sure about. Like, he's a bunch yeah. of traits. He was one of the guys that sat out last year. But, uh, whew, that looks uh, looks like those traits are fun now. Just to have that depth uh, in the front seven as Jerry Hughes gets older, you know, it's like it, it feels like they're just, you know, we count on Jerry Hughes to just consistently give you those, like, I don't know, nine sacks or whatever a year. Um, and it's always a question mark who else you're going to get it from. Ed Oliver has been a little bit disappointing yeah. as far as a pass rusher. So 
to see have two options. They really only need one of those guys to hit. They yep. don't need both. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, if Brian Dable can fix Mitch Trubisky, <sighs> what can't that man do? Is, uh, is that one of the better revenge games we've ever seen? Like, I know it was preseason, yeah. so we've got to factor the situation in. It had to in, feel really good. It had to feel really good. I, I said I would pay pay-per-view money <laughs> to hear the reckless <laughs> that, not Mitch Trubisky, but you know his teammates. Like, your teammates <laughs> want to see you get that shine yes, on there. Have, they yeah. had to be in that locker room. Man, those boys ain't <laughs> over there. Oh, my God. I... Oh. The thing, he was good. He wasn't like... He, a lot of, he was thrown to a lot of wide-open guys, and, I mean, the Bears have some question marks on the defense, but whew, that offense, I, the Bills offense to me, like, I guess, you know, obviously if Diggs were to go down or like yeah. Deion Dawkins or obviously Josh Allen, there'd be an issue, but heavens, I mean, it just, it looks like a juggernaut. I think that's a good pick. Um, I am going to take the Packers here. Ooh. Are you surprised? Did you think I was going to go with another team? I, I did, which we can get to in a little bit here. But walk I think me through- I know. The, the team I think you thought yes. I was going to take is my next team. Got it. So the board might just be falling into your lap. Might might be, but the Green Bay pick, I mean, makes an overwhelming amount of sense here despite all the offseason consternation. Yeah, I just, you know, looking at the division, I'm starting to back off the Vikings. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm trying not, and that's not because of the preseason. I know. But there's just like a vibe around that team right now. Maybe it's Mike Zimmer going full Bullworth on America, right? And just being like clearly fed up. Maybe it's their defense looking like you know the Big Twelve out there. But like I just, and then you know seeing all the weaknesses in Chicago as well. Um, you know, not, not we're cognizant of all these weaknesses, and we'll talk about the Bears, but. I just kind of feel like they're going to roll through their division. Um, and I also don't I, – I, I said this when we talked about the Packers on the NFC North pod, but, like, that defense has so much talent at every level. It's like they just haven't put it together. It's a combination of coaching and execution. Yep. Matt Bowen was great on this. And, yeah, but, like, they, they have – you know, rising stars like Rashawn Gary. Jair Alexander didn't make the NFL 100 is like crazy. That's probably the craziest submission to me. Um, I just, I think there's just too much talent on both. Like this is a very deep roster. And the question I had was the offensive line. And I I, I think what, man, it's going to be fine. That What a luxury they have. I don't know if there's a pick that's been as underrated in recent memory as Elton Jenkins. Yeah. What he's able to do for them. The fact that right now, while they're waiting for David Bakhtiari to come back, they can just kick their... I mean, so I wrote this down. I think Elton Jenkins last year became the first Packers O-lineman since the merger in 1970 to start games at center, guard, and tackle in the same season. Wow. And start them well. Like, he's just out at left tackle making... Like, listen, no one's going to be David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari is arguably the best left tackle in football. But the fact that you've got that security blanket... And an offensive line that's got good players in a lot of the other spots here. But to have that that anchor is insane. I mean, just some of the... So, I guess Josh Myers is going to start. Yeah. Which is interesting. But, I mean, some of the picks in 
recent years. Oh, Amari Rogers, I, th- I think, has shown flashed a little bit in the preseason. You know, um, Kylan Hill. I know that's a backfield where he's probably not going to see a bunch of touches here. Was he not? With, was he yeah, not yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I love him. Uh, yeah, no, like just in 2017, Aaron, you got Aaron Jones in the fifth round. Jamal Williams no longer with the team. Um, 2018, you've got Jair Alexander, Marquez Valdez Scantling in the fifth round, uh, Equinemius St. Brown in the sixth round. But then 2019, I mean, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, one, two, three is absurd. Dear God. Almost like that GM might know what he's doing. Um, Anyway, so, okay, let me see. So are you going to take the pick that team that I was going to take? Let's see. This well, see now I'm now I've got two teams in my head that I thought it could have been with you, but I am gonna go with Baltimore here. I have Baltimore here. I, I'm still really struggling on the Baltimore versus Cleveland front. Yes. Um, and I talked about the bad vibes around the Vikings. The Baltimore also has a lot of. They need to burn problems. sage right yeah, now. Yeah, stuff's going. I mean, they're just injuries right and left to the receiver core. Yeah. I, the latest is that Rashad Bateman is on track to return. Yep. I think he's practicing again, thank God, on behalf of the Bateman. Oof. But, I mean, how you, so this is pretty high. Yeah, this is pretty high. Difficult but division. A tough division here. Like, and I mean, listen, as much as we want to talk about the you know the receiving core, all that stuff, like it is all predicated on Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, like what a strange thing where we already saw here. And I'm not putting this on Jeff Darlington. He was just the one, you know, <laughs> or no, it wasn't Jeff Darlington. It was... Um, God, Jeremy Fowler. Jeremy Fowler. Yeah, Jeremy Jeremy Fowler. Sorry, sorry to our white, good-haired reporters they here. They really both have excellent. Jeremy Fowler, underrated hair. Yes, incredibly well quaffed. He always, he's always smiling, too. They're both very happy guys, so I'm sorry for mixing them up there. But the thing where people were already talking and like the league people questioning Lamar Jackson, like he's been great for so long. Yeah. And in a year where he won his first playoff game behind an offensive line that I remember talking to you last year, pointed out had to basically change the way they did football up yeah. front. And that dude came back in from diarrhea halftime and we're going to doubt him now. Like, come on. Unconfirmed. Alleged, please. Alleged. Oh, sorry. Journalistic. Alleged diarrhea Alleged. halftime. Um, also, wow. Never heard anyone accuse him of the, the that I've only acu- heard just to generalize, this is gross. All right. Um, <laughs> listen, win another one, man. You only won one. Let's see the, another one. Um, so what are your, I think the biggest concern in this particular exercise is the division. Yes, ab- absolutely. And it's the Browns problem that yeah. we talked about really and truly. And that like, I listen, like Pittsburgh, I don't know. I go back and forth where I feel like we almost do like the Mac Jones draft thing with Pittsburgh where we swing so far one way and now I go back and look at it more and more here and go, all right, like the most interesting, I mean, not to, we'll, we'll do the Pittsburgh tangent in a little bit here because I have Matt Canada thoughts that I, you know, that I want to get out there. But the division is the concern there to see what they can do defensively there. I know they signed Justin Houston, Odafe Owe's huge traits guy out of Penn State here who has been, by and large, it sounds like having a really good camp. I think having like Calais and Justin in that wow. room with him. Quiddy's been good too. So you got Quiddy, uh, Owe, Rousseau, all the traits pass rushers. Yeah. It. They're, I love that. Yeah. I mean, what? And like a lot. Lot of that too is like it's especially like the trench stuff i feel like in the nfl where you land matters so much because most of these guys come in anyway like even the not like traitsy guys come in so raw in those spots because you don't have the reps in college anymore so where you land is huge and he got a huge win landing here okay mm, 
this is hard because if it was a power rankings, I know what I would do, but this is not a power rankings. Yes, it's... Uh, and, and that's why I'm going to make a pick that I don't, if it was not a power ranking, if it was a power rankings, I want to be clear, yep. I would not put this team, let's see, we're at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're at pick spot seven. We've picked six teams. We've picked six teams already? Or maybe not. I don't know. I think... I'm already having trouble with I know. This. I think we did. We picked six teams. Okay. I'm going to take the Titans here. Yeah. I, you know what though? Rolling the dice. You can't see me, but I'm rolling the dice, people. Shh, confirmed. Dice rolling. Um, and this is purely because of the the exercise. Yeah. Because I, of the division. Yes, the division. I realize that Carson Wentz is practicing again. Miraculous recovery from both him and Quentin Nelson. Slash maybe the most uh confusing injury timeline, double injury timeline ever. Five to twelve. Slash why don't all teams just do that constantly to mess with people? Why don't they just throw a 5-12 to 12 on every injury? God, see, you know what? Bill Belichick, who I'm sure listens to this podcast oh, no. religiously, has now just been given another weapon. So, well done, Mina. <sighs> I mean, I want those hours of watching Sam Ellinger versus Jacob Eason of my life back, <laughs> speculating over a Marcus Mariota trade. It shows you how sick the preseason makes sick. our brains. Sick. Ugh. Um... Okay, but we'll get to the Colts. Yeah, I think the Titans win the division, and so I'm, this is to me a bet on like getting that extra five points. Um, I think like the rest of the teams, I like I think aside from the Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, Bills ish, like there's no clear like this team's gonna win the division. Yes, except for the Titans. To me, to me. Um, now, obviously, I'd like I've, I have the concerns about the defense, um, like what I've seen so far. From the secondary, which, you know, big question mark. They've got Jack Rabbit, officially Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Yes. My baby, Elijah Molden, tearing it up on those slap Man, blitzes. He has been. Boom, baby. Oh, my God. He um, is pissing vinegar. And I think this offense should be a steamroller. Todd Downing might prove me wrong, but I just don't. I just look around the division. I, see, I, see, I saw Jackson. It's really the product of, like, who knew Jags Saints preseason week two could just rock the NFL? But oh. um, yeah, I, I think the Colts defense is still going to be good, and we'll, we'll talk about that team. But just the uncertainty at the quarterback and offensive line. Uh, yeah, I'm rolling with Tennessee. Tighten up. Also, Titans fans, if you're listening, you're always mad at me for which uh, I feel like you were an early supporter. Like I'm a I feel Tannehill like defender. I've been listening to you shout "Tighten up" for what feels been, like five years. I was literally the you know we did that ESPN survey of executives around the league, and yeah. Ryan Tannehill didn't even make the top ten. And and I went on television and I said, "This is wrong. Somebody has to say something. This is wrong." Ryan Tannehill has been a top ten quarterback now for two years. What does he have to do? So, I'll take that a step further here and continuing to stroke the Tennessee fans listening to this podcast. I think Ryan Tannehill is sneaky a top five best looking quarterback in the NFL. I think he is mm-hmm. underratedly handsome. No comment on that. This is an off air conversation. All right, that's fa- that's fair enough here. I just I wanted to weigh that in here. Objectifying men is like kind of a, a thing in my world, trying to even the scales of years of misogyny. So it's more. It's less about my unwilling. You know, I'm happy to talk about yeah vibes, but um, I don't quite agree. I don't. I just don't. But I don't want to. You know, it's he's one of those guys. It's like the Kirk Cousins effect, where once he smiles, you lose a did point. You, did you see 
I, <laughs> did you see my tweet about how uh, Joey Bosa is 1.75 Kirk Cousins? Yes. It hit me like a it, thunderclap during the game when they they were interviewing uh, Joey Bosa on the sideline during the Chargers preseason game. And I don't know. I've just maybe it's that he's got that facial hair, but he like turned to the side, and I was like, oh my god! It was the side profile for sure. It's like Kirk Cousins ate Kirk Cousins. Yeah. It, once I saw it too, it pissed me off because I know now for the rest of the season so, yeah. it's just it's over. Okay, you're up. All right. This is again where it gets tough because now you've reminded me that like I've got to play the game the right way here. It's not a power ranking. It's not a it's not a power ranking, which makes this next move both dangerous and next necessary. I'm going to pick Dallas. Oh, they're I, I thought I was going to be sneaky by picking them quickly because of yep. the division. Okay. Yeah. No, I just I I, I look at the rest of that division here and. Playing with fire, and that oh. fire's name is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yes, that's <laughs> the only thing that keeps me up at night is knowing that Washington now gets the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience. We all get to go on this roller coaster hellscape ride. The defense is what the defense is, but again, like you said, we can only speculate about hell so much. And I saw Shefty say that there's thought that Dak and the shoulder thing might not be right all year, or whatever, whatever the hell that means. Like there is some concern on that, but again. If I'm going to just say, looking at the roster, looking at who should win that division right now, obviously theirs is maybe more predicated on health than most because three of the, you know, at least three of the five on that offensive line are guys coming off injury from last year. Certainly, you're just counting on the defense not being an embarrassing tire fire like it was last year. Which is a bet. (laughs) Yeah, which is, is, is still possible here. I mean, so. But I, I just think, again, if I'm going to look around here and try and play the game as best I can, I would think Dallas wins that division, so I'm going to rock with them here. Stefania Bell, the other day, I forgot what show was she was on with me, but she she was really optimistic about Dak's health because everyone was freaking out because, oh, the you know, shoulder. You know, oh, during the fantasy season. marathon, yeah. Yeah, and she was, she was like, it's fine, it's fine. And, and that calmed me. She has a very calming presence generally. But oh, yes. when, when, when Stefania Bell says a player is fine, you feel good. You feel good about it. Um yeah, I mean, we we everyone knows the score with Dallas, and that score is forty five to forty two. Yes, <laughs> probably. Um, yes, enjoy playing in the Big Twelve Championship in Dallas, December twelfth. Yeah, I. Well, now I'm like I gotta, I gotta like counter your move and take Washington here because you so you can't oh, take them both. There we go. Because whoever one of them's gonna win the division. I think we agree. See, we've finally fallen into the gamesmanship portion wow. of this draft a little bit more yeah, in year really, three. Yeah. We've settled in nicely here. I'm proud okay. of us. I'm going to take Washington. Um, obviously, that front seven looks like mm. a nightmare. And not the kind of nightmare where it's like, oh, I forgot to take this college course and I'm accidentally signed up and I have to take the final now even though I didn't study. More like the kind of nightmare where Chase Young looks like it and Montez Sweat looks like the... I almost said the name of the guy. The, there's a certain horror movie right now running advertisements where you can't say the name. And every time the advertisement comes up, I was up, just going to go there. I with almost all said this. it. I almost said it, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, but he looks like that person who shall not be named. Are you afraid? How many times am I supposed to say it? I'm not going to say it once. What, Candyman? What are you doing? Candyman. I'm so mad right now because you know why I'm mad? Because in the movie, people around the guy who says it die too, not just the person who says it. You've I know, I've, put, done my, I've done my homework. I know I'm safe. You've put everyone listening to this podcast in danger. I haven't said it. I think it's three times you got to say it. So <laughs> You just stop that right now. 
Um, we'll see. we got probably an hour left of this podcast. So far, again, it. overreacting to preseason. Fitz, Fitz looks good to me. Um, he looks like he, yeah. and by good, I mean, he looks like he did last year. He's pushing the ball downfield. More, more importantly, and I think this is something I, I was looking for because it's like preseason and all that. He's getting out, getting out quickly. And I think the offensive line in Washington is a sneaky potential issue that tackles. Um, although Chicago's looking at Charles Leno now with like saucer hard eyes, but what do we do? But, um, I think, you know, having Ryan, who's, who's going to just, get rid of it super quickly is going to help that offense a lot. So. Yep. I can say between and by the way, while we're talking Washington football, I know because right. he is uh, someone we're both very pro here. Shout out to Jared Patterson and the hive that will build around the undrafted free agent sweet baby running back out of Buffalo. I him in Dynasty. Wish I had him. I don't think I do either, which is a shame. All right, you're up. All right. I feel like I've started to run out of teams that are like clear division winners. The triangle. I've done a bad job of keeping track of that, but well, there's one division from which none of us have taken teams. Even though, if this was their power ranking, at least two of these teams probably would have already gone. Oh which, yeah, you know, it, yeah, is the difficult one here. You know what? I'm gonna save you from having to do it in pick Seattle. Okay. Again, just another one of those things like we kind of know the story on Seattle at this point. They yeah. got all their offseason issues. Well, not worked out. Russ is back here, and we know what's at stake there. They got Jamal Adams signed to a deal who said his goal is to get 12 and a half sacks this year. I think he's I think he's I think he's almost 12 or maybe 13 sacks away from breaking the all-time record in the <laughs> NFL by sacks for a DB. So uh, that's unfortunately uh it you, seems like where it's going to come from, but uh did you see the I think it was uh Sam Monson joking about when he was, you know, reportedly asking to be ta- tagged as a linebacker. He's like, "Why not just go edge rusher? Go all the way." You basically, Honestly, um, yeah, I would also like him to stop twelve and a half passes at some point. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Sam Jamal Adams is is good. The hate is out of control. Uh, Seahawks apparently took a look at Geno Atkins. I saw that, which would be yeah, he's not who he was, no. but still, they they clearly need depth on the defensive line with the departure of the aforementioned Jaron Reed. Um, How are you feeling about uh, Jordan Brooks? KJ Wright now, is still not signed at this point, signed. right? Which is bizarre to me. Yeah, and I think my understanding is like he wanted to go back, but because of they drafted Jordan Brooks, you know, if they've got capital, if they've got cap space, they would like to spend it on a different position is, is what I think is going on. Possibly corner Geno Atkins. I get that. It, it sucks, and I... Really, like, KJ Wright is so good. It's bizarre. The only explanation I can think of for him not being on a team might be that he wants to return to Seattle rather than sign with. Huh. But I don't know. I'm just speculating. Okay. I'm going to take the Rams then, if you're taking the Seahawks, for the obvious reason. Same thing as me taking Washington. I hate that you're controlling the board. Like, you took Dallas, so I had to be reactionary and take Washington. You took Seattle, so I had to react and take Los Angeles. Um, Yeah, I, I think... Seattle and Los Angeles to me are kind of neck and neck yep. for the division, so we don't have to talk about it too much. Okay, <laughs> you're up. All right. Sorry, it's great podcasting. I got you're on the clock. I got two teams that are really hurting me right now. Mm. I'm gonna go with New England. Wow, dang it, I wanted New England. I, I have fallen so back in love with this team just because, and I think it was, um, 
I think I heard you and Harry Douglas on first take the other day with Max talking about this team kind of starting to do the thing that we all figured would come at some point during this offensive revolution in the NFL, which is someone was going to zag a little bit and say, all right, we're just going to load up up front. Yeah. Like they just quietly put the boogeyman offensive line core back together. Like the one that ruined Sam Darnold's life. It's just those guys again. Thank you for saying boogeyman, first of all, and not the other thing. Um, I think this is – Dominique Foxworth and I did defensive rankings. I put them at 10. The more I think about it, I should have put them higher. I think this defense is going to be really, really good. Yeah. Just watching, like, Josh Uche, who thankfully is fine. He got hurt. And Matt Judon. Like, God, Matt Judon. Could there have been – like, he's such a good fit for what they do up front. The games, you know, using a, a, a pass rusher in such a versatile manner, having him drop into coverage at times. Like, he, he fits so well – He's going to get so many one-on-ones, and he's so fast. Um, the young guys, you know, like Uche and Duggar, like are going to take another step. Well, and it works so well. And I heard, I saw quotes from Belichick talking about this, but like when he can look out on the field and know that Hightower and Kyle Van yeah. Noy are out there, like again, this is the theory we talked about with Baltimore, where it speeds up the development for all these guys because you don't have to worry about right. coaching them as much. They're getting that real life PhD from these dudes. I almost think it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. I, I completely agree. Have you watched Trent Brown? Like they're going to get good Trent Brown again. Like not yeah. the Vegas paid one. They're going to do what New England always does. The whole offensive line. I mean, aside from what happened to your baby Isaiah Wynn in the <sighs> opener against Chase Young, um, just a you know the future defensive player of the but, year doing that to this year's Pro Bowl left tackle. It's Max fine. getting the ball out super quickly, but Cam, the Cam drives it's really jumped out to me because Cam's holding on to it a pretty long time, yep. and he still. That's the thing about Cam is like he still zips it. He still like his arm strength is still good, but you know he, he's still like a tick slower, and it doesn't matter because the offensive line is so good. I think you're right. Like like you said, defenses are gonna have a hard time defending this team with their multiple tight ends. That it's a very run heavy. Scheme. I, I, I'm I'm high on New England. Um, I can't believe this team fell to me, but I'm taking Cleveland here. That was that was the one. I actually I was thought I would have here. to take them higher. I like after you took the Ravens. Um, I think they could win the division. Mm-hmm. I think I just kind of still want to see the defense on the field. I'm still like a little bit apprehensive about all of it. It is funny to me. Yesterday we were talking about. Uh, Justin Fields in the whole like feed him to Aaron Donald, feed Andy to Aaron Donald thing. And I was like, y'all realize you got Miles Garrett and Clowney in week three. Like it's never gonna get. And then they got like the Steelers, the Packers, a bunch of terrifying yeah, front sevens. Like... Um, but you know, I think everyone. The assumption is that the offense is gonna look exactly like it did last year, and that with the addition of one Odell Beckham Jr., I think that's a pretty strong upside bet. Uh, so I I, I really think. Browns and Ravens are neck and neck. Yeah. God, and like the whole year two thing with Stefanski, like I know we wear that out, but like for good reason, what they did last year was just freak show and could not have been expected. All right. Sorry, I've already started to like think of my next pick now. It's because this is where it's going to win you the league right here. This is much like much like a normal NFL draft where my mid-round picks are going to be what wins it here. All right. Hmm. Mom. I am gonna go. You gotta hurt out. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, Jesus. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna get nasty and go with New Orleans here. <sighs> you the 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 Jameis versus it just the Jags backups. I it, I tell and you there what, are some starters out there. 
Yeah, you know, there are some starters out there, but it's, you know what it is? It's it's less even just that Jameis solidified, but we all, all probably knew. Like, I don't know how many people outside of Sean Payton believed in their heart of hearts that Taysom Hill was going to be a realistic thing here. But it's just this idea that, all right, we know what this offense was, and obviously the huge, huge, big glaring sign in all of this is Michael Thomas, that late offseason surgery that seems to chap everyone here. It sounds like the last update we heard is that timeline could be a little more favorable for the team. Than originally anticipated. I thought I heard who, that. I'm sorry. Who's Michael Thomas? Because I only recognize Marquez Calloway in well, this house. I was just going to ask if you wanted to do this as like the full blown on air apology. I mean, that dude. My God. It, it, yeah. I mean, I, by the way, if you're listening, Greg Rosenthal, common mean time show guest, says he he mentioned Marquez Calloway on this podcast, and I didn't know if it's true. So let us know if that's true. If you're a listener, um, go back and do the work for go back us. And do the work. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the other thing, though, about the Saints, and then we'll, uh, you know, get to the final pick of the first half, is that, um, as usual, we're going to have to speed up the second half, Yes, is um, the defense, like, I, I know I've been griping about the depth, but Marcus Davenport looks like a monster. Again, going up against Walker Little, the aforementioned Walker yes. Little. Um, and it's like, oh, right, C.J. Gardner-Johnson is one of the best slot corners in the NFL, and Marcus Williams is really good. Like, the linebacker group is really freaking deep. It's a good defense still. So if Jameis actually looks anything close to the guy we saw last night, this should be a really good team. I still think the Bucks are a better team, but they should yes. be a wild card team. They should be. And again, as we talk about the Michael Thomas aspect of things, if Jameis can – I mean, he's going to unlock a part of the offense they've had to throw away for the last three years here. Maybe that helps you overcome some of losing Michael Thomas just because you're more variable. I'm going to wrap the first half up. With a variable pick, high variance pick, I'm gonna take the Chargers here. All right, feels like the right. We're oh, in that yeah. kind of middle tier where they could go either way. Yep. If Derwin James is healthy, if Justin Oof. Herbert doesn't regress, the offensive line. The, the, my one concern about the Chargers, just to be really quick about it, is their offensive line depth sucks. Watching Easy oh. Stick and Chase Daniel in the, in the preseason, um, they didn't. They didn't have Belaga and Slater were out. Slater, I think, is fine. I, my understanding is Bulaga is yeah. a little bit more concerning, but the next man up should not be blocking for Justin Herbert. So no. that's a concern I have. But um, if if they're healthy, and I realize I just said about but the Chargers, which is the equivalent of saying the name that I won't say ever, this could be a really dangerous team. It, which... <laughs> God, I, we talk about vibes all the time here. The Chargers just eternally, some of the worst vibes, vibes on earth, vibes. despite having the most elite uniform combination out there and being in a sunny location. Such, I don't get it. Such an elite combo. All right, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to do the second half of the draft a little faster. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. All right, buddy, you're up. All right. God, I've got to really, I wish I had kept track of like how many teams I picked in each division here. I didn't really slot my document nearly as well as I purported. It's fine. Um, all right. I barely know what the rules are. Yeah, it's and we're all just drawing this up in the dirt at this point. I am gonna go with oh, you know what? I will uh I will balance the scales here. I realize one spot we neglected. I'll go Indy. Yeah, that's smart. Carson Wentz has a if Carson Wentz comes back as healthy, actually has the Frank Wright reunion we all expect. Quentin Nelson, I'm a little less worried about here, but that offensive line trying to figure out how they're gonna bridge the gap at left tackle before Eric Fisher gets back from that Achilles. And right now it is not looking great out there at this point so left tackle could be a bit of a concern but that's another defense here quitty pay looks like he is every bit as advertised so far yeah. albeit limited huge. sample size that's so, huge for them yeah. i mean you know we know what this defense is going to do pretty much they they need another consistent pass rusher uh, not named deforest buckner and this is again the team where it's like if you know field said this last week if like they just need the like, two guys to step up quitty pay and um, like, what they have what uh, are right receivers? Uh, I, I I'm I'm gonna try and not butcher the last name, but Deo Odenbo yeah, so out of Vandy. He's out yeah, for he's yeah. out for a little bit now yeah. here. Ben Benagu's also been giving them decent reps there, okay. so he's the third year guy. It just feels like they're they're kind of waiting, which is good because I think according to Football Outsiders, they were basically non-existent pass rush last year outside of. Buckner and they had the easiest schedule in football last season. So. so I think with that, we now have two teams in every division. So we've done, we've all, you have balanced the scales. There we go. We're all go- we've got a potential winner, the most likely two winners. And oh, you know what? Actually, no, the NFC North, we have not taken, we only took the Packers. Oh. I think. Yeah. Yes. So mm, I don't, I don't want, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want being, anyone else. That being said, uh, that being said, I'm going to take, the Niners here. Yep, that one. Um, this is again sort of a high variance thing because if Lance, the thing about Trey Lance is like he doesn't have to be awesome for them to be awesome, and it's been hard for me to like. I he to me is like a very difficult preseason quarterback to discuss because it, obviously it's been extremely like a, a, it's been a real roller coaster where he's had these incredible highs. You know, there's like perfect balls always to Trent Sherfield. <laughs> Sure or, um, you know, or he's looked erratic, which is who he was in college. Uh, the thing is, like, he hasn't been running. And it's like, how do you evaluate a quarterback where, like, a huge part of his sell, especially as a rookie, is what he adds to the design run game. And it's not something Kyle Shannon is going to do in the preseason. One, because he doesn't want him to get hit. Two, because he doesn't want the rest of the NFL to see what he's going to do in the design run game. It would be like... 
if you had asked Lamar Jackson to not run and then evaluate him as a quarterback. And and that's not an insult. Like, that is part of his awesomeness. And so I don't know when he's going to start. I think he's going to start at some point. I think it's going to be the kind of thing where they kind of sort of incorporate him in as it goes on. And then maybe when Jimmy throws, who's not looked great, throws yeah. too many picks, that'll be it. But yeah. uh, it it feels like, and I mean we've we've all talked about this at certain points. The way the NFL's off season's been structured, the first quarter of the season becomes an extended preseason of yes. sorts. It seems like where we're tracking. Cause I, I would love to see them throw him out there at the beginning and just let him work through a lot of this. The guy needs more reps playing football. Like that's just the beginning. That's the real beginning and end of it. But yeah. I can see them trotting Jimmy out there for the fourth quarter of the season. Bunch of really nice red zone packages for Trey where he gets his feet wet a little bit and then just slide him in. All right, what you got? Uh, you know what? In the interest of what you brought up here, I'll go ahead and just take Minnesota now. Mm. It's a smart move. It's, again, just playing the game. Like I'm not in love with this team. Trusting Kirk Cousins seems like a mistake in any stretch in the imagination, and that's not even the off-the-field stuff with him right now. But, uh, yeah, I'll go with Minnesota and not feel particularly great about it. Um Listen, just re-signed Everson Griffin, too, which tells you kind of yeah. where they feel at with their pass rush depth here. Not great. No. Um, Michael Pierce back, though, which is exciting. I mean, I know this is a pro nose guard podcast mm-hmm. and one of the first people to really celebrate Vita Vea in the way that he needed to be last year when he came back. But Michael Pierce coming back is a big deal for that defense. He was sorely missed last year. And so now you have him opposite Dalvin Tomlinson, Sheldon, uh, uh, why am I blanking last Richardson. name? Richardson. Yeah. Um, yeah. UW. Huskies just dominating. Uh, Byron Murphy's looks really good too. I'm not taking the Cardinals here, but Murphy, Molden, we're gonna get Taylor Rapp starting with the Rams. Yeah. I am going. Listen up, Yinzers, who are mad Ooh. at me. <laughs> They're so mad at me, and it's not fair because I, I support this team. I don't know what. what I was, hey, you I, really I, limped I started, into that. <laughs> I started that sentence without seeing where I was going. Uh, it was like a, a Ben Roethlisberger deep ball and Rose and then it didn't fall. No. Oh. But the thing is, and I want to, and, and this is what makes me upset. All nuance is lost. Um, I still think this is a good team. Like, I, I think the defense is going to be good. I think the front seven is going to be fire. And, you know, question, I had some questions about the secondary. Don't need to get into all that. But offensively, I, I, I said this on first take, but my words were taken out of context. But Roethlisberger looked good. Like, it was literally, I only got mad at someone because they pointed to a terrible deep ball, but like he doesn't have to have a great deep ball for this offense to be efficient. Drew Brees proved that to us for two years. Um, they just need to, the, the most important thing, and I think every Steelers fan would agree with me, is he just needs more than 2.2 seconds to throw it. Some of that is on him, but a lot of, most of it's on the offensive line. And I think there's things that, my Canada can do schematically to buy him a little bit of time. I was intrigued by the fact that Ben Roethlisberger was under center a little bit in the preseason outing, has back turned to the defense, which is not something he does. So I think, you know, there, and I also think the use of motion is going to help Najee Harris and, you know, keep linebackers a little bit on tilt and get them out of their fits. I, I don't know. I, I Like, I, I think this could be an average enough offense and if the defense is anywhere close to what they were last year, that there's a team that's 
potentially a wild card team. You're right. It all centers on the group up front, though. And it's weird because I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth here where I go into this season and, you know, I'm pretty friendly with the numbers community here. I believe in all these things and support it. But, man, I really want Najee Harris to rub it in the face. A lot of these (laughs) nerds that talked about explosiveness with him. Like, I, I just really want him to go out there and eat in the ways that he can. But it was a pick I wouldn't have made in the first round. Like, that capital needed to go towards that offensive line. Kendrick Green, who they picked out of Illinois, I think is going to start at center for them, yep. it looks like here. So it's going to be him, Trey Turner, Dotson at left guard, and then you've got Banner and Akora for at left tackle. Left tackle's the one that concerns me. That's the me one here. that, oh, he was it's, not good. I, I was, he was the one I was watching. Yeah, I mean, I've it's been... it's him and like re, of the of the games I rewatched yesterday of teams that need to worry about their starting left tackle. Him and Miami, Austin Jackson is not good enough. Like he's just not good enough right now. Mm-hmm. But a core of four falls in where I look at the rest of that group and I say, all right, I see things that you can kind of work with here. Trey Turner's played a bunch of football. Zach Banner was the starter before the injury for them. Like Kevin Dotson, who we did that weird thing where people said he was out of shape this offseason. Guy's a monster. So. It's it's young and upside based up front there, but the Canada stuff helps. I just wonder how long that works too, because outside of his stay in the South Side in that facility when he was at Pitt, Matt Canada's other ventures have not been quite as successful here. So I like the skill players. Yes, very much, very very much. Are right, you up? We gotta hurry. Yeah, we do. Um, all right, I am gonna go with. But 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 I'm gonna end up making bad picks because I'm rushing now. <laughs> I might be trying to stress you out. Yeah, no, it's it is it is working, Mina. It is working. I am gonna go with. Give me the Raiders. Okay. That's not what I that was that was a panic pick. Not Trust me, <laughs> that was a panic pick. Um, now, quick justification. Um, quick justification is I was looking between them and Denver in that division here, who I know everyone else is a little higher on here. Teddy Bridgewater did look good under center for them. There are things to be excited about here. This is really just me kind of trying to be a little bit reckless at this point, probably panicking. Well, you just explained my next pick. I'm taking Denver. Yeah, um, I thought Teddy looked really good, actually. I, w- um, I was really impressed by, like, we know he's accurate and, you know, we know he's going to, well, I was going to say he's not going to turn the ball over. I think that's a little bit of a matter of dispute. But I, I was really impressed by his movement in the pocket because he was actually under pressure a fair amount yep. in this last outing. And he handled it really well. A lot of uh, little subtle movements, stepping up, dodging rushers. I, I also just, you know, I've, I've raved about this offense. I think the, the defense, pardon me, the defense, I think, gives him a floor, even in a very difficult division. All right, you next. Uh, let's go with. Oof. This is what the part of the draft where fans yeah. are insulted by us for taking them here. Well, and this is also the part of the draft where I don't feel good about any of the words that come <laughs> out of my mouth here. And this is tough because now we're in the portion of the game where I don't know if I need to pick based on division. I I know these teams are going to win games. I worry about owning three teams in one division. Oh, interesting. I didn't See, think about that. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is the difficult part because there's points that are going to get left on the table. But I don't think this team is going to win in their division. Ah, oh, man. You know what? In the interest of what we talked about, 17-game season, I'm going to worry less about it and just pick Miami. Dang it, I wanted Miami. Yeah, I just I, I couldn't justify picking the team that was next on my board here because I don't think they're good. Oh, no, I want to know who that is. But I um just want to put in a quick word about Tua. Uh, I think he's looked good in the preseason. Uh I think you're seeing a little bit of what we loved about him in college, which is not 
explosive playmaking necessarily, although he did have that one nice throw to Gesicki, and then he had, a, I think, I can't remember who it was last week, but that he's really, really good at leading receivers. Yep. He throws such a casual ball, and in an offense where he has very, very fast receivers, I think they're going to do a lot of the work for him after the catch. Um, you know, he looks poised. He looks, like, not skittish. He looks like the guy from Alabama again. Yeah. Like, I always liken Tua to, like, a viper at Alabama. Everything he does is quick and crisp, and he's making those quick decisions again. So yeah. I feel very good about that. By the way, start Liam Meikenberg at left tackle. Just do it. Don't What's think his, about has it. Has he been guard? He was at left guard for a lot of camp. He had a little bit of shoulder injury issue. They subbed him out at guard. He played some with the ones at right tackle in the second preseason game for them and looked pretty good, which I didn't know if that was because Tua's a lefty or not. I was talking about that with Brandon Thorne. I know we don't delineate as much anymore in the modern NFL, but if you were going to go blindside, that would be his blindside. The problem is, I think having your two best tackles on the field means at this point Austin Jackson's got to come off because he hasn't looked good. That would be a bold call for them. It'd be tough. See, It's funny. I thought that the offensive line has looked better this year, but I also think that I'm dumb and I might be fooled by the fact that Tua's getting rid of the ball quicker. It, it helps, but they're doing things like um, um, Hunt, the right guard, yeah. legitimate, like legitimately good dude here. Like they've got okay. guys up there that are like playing well, no matter what. Okay. It's really left tackles your issue, and then just continuity. You've been moving that group around a lot during camp, and it's hard to kind of get a beat. Okay, I'm up next, and there's like five teams I view in this next tier. I think there's like a bottom six tier. Yeah. Or yeah, six. Um. This could go a lot of ways. I am going to take the Bears here. Okay. I don't feel good about it at all. Well, you're not excited about that Andy Dalton week one starter announcement? Is it too late to change? (laughs) (laughs) All votes are final here on the Uh, Mini Time Show. Why did I do this? This Uh, The offensive line. Is there... This is just to make this a fruitful discussion. Is there anything the offensive line can do to get better? So Tavon Jenkins is out until like November. Yeah, I believe. Any hope in the immediate future? Uh, I mean, short of like seeing who shakes loose at the end of training camp, like if there's other bodies you can pick up to help here. Like, and I saw I saw Dan griping about this on behalf of the quarterbacks this morning talking about the rookies and how they're not getting help some of their coordinator wise and he cited certainly what we saw from Trevor Lawrence and the Jags last night but also Justin Fields and the Bears offense which helped Mitch down some down the stretch of last season but I think both offenses are going to kind of have to turtle a little bit if they want to help those groups up front here like you need to give them more max protection you need to give them more stuff that's going to move the pocket which is another reason to put Justin Fields out yeah. there earlier because those are more tricks in his bag but I, it's it's really going to be smoking mirrors i think he starts week two i think andy yeah. it just gets his heiny kicked heiny wow never said that before <laughs> didn't feel good um because i was almost gonna say the other word and then i was just like my brain was frantically combing through thesaurus.com in my head um i think that's a stupid approach generally for the reasons i mentioned earlier but i don't think it la- i think there's just gonna be i think there's there's a plan um it's a bad plan yeah we don't endorse this plan. Because the thing is, like, if, if, if it's about protecting Justin, just sit him the whole season. But they're not going to do that. No. They're going to put him in at some point with this offensive line. So it's like either start him date week one or just sit him at least until, I don't know, week eight or whatever. 
when Tevin Jenkins, I mean, not that Tevin Jenkins is going to come in and be the savior, yeah. but it's just doesn't actually, there's no like coherent logic behind it. No, like it's just a bunch of people wanting to put these guys in glass. Like that doesn't help. Like at some right. point, like I understand we all have David Carr in the back of our mind and we know how bad this can it, go, but damn. That, this That's what bothers me too. Cause like, he's not David Carr. No. It's not 2003, <laughs> you know, like he can move. Offenses are different. The offensive line also, like, that was a historically bad group. So, yes. But it's just, it's a bad comp. It always gets brought up and it kind of bothers me. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, you're next. Uh, I'll go with the Cardinals here. Yeah, I had the Cardinals next. I was, that was the one I couldn't justify picking before Miami because I don't think they're going to be good. I think Cliff is probably going to get fired this year. Like, it's just. Offense looked gross. It's just. It's uh, like it went. I know for, Hopkins wasn't in, but like. Yeah, but like. You and, should be able to do stuff with Kyler Murray, Rondell Moore, AJ Green. You would you would think and like Rodney Hudson coming over is nice up front like and we know we've been looking for stability but like it's just a nothing burger like Cliff got brought in off this air raid wave that we were doing there and they thought but like this is just who Cliff has been yeah like he's exactly what we got at Texas Tech which is fun enough to score some points in certain spots because he's had a couple of generational quarterbacks but then the rest of it is just meh. The defense is going to be fun to watch, though, just because Isaiah Simmons finally got a good number. He's in a single-digit nine now, which means he can actually operate well again, and he's next to Zayvon Collins, which means at the very least, Vance Joseph, do some crazy with these guys. Oh, he will. You've got two of like the greatest athletes, large athletes in the NFL. Let them run free. Field and I were texting during the first game because they were really spotlighting um, Zayvon because, you know, he's a first-round draft pick, and he had, like, uh, I think blitzed a run or something, did something kind of fun, and I was like, he's about to get blown up in coverage in, like, one, two, three, and then a half. You know, I mean... Which is tough because Zayvon is actually better in coverage than you would expect. Like, I got pissed. I did a couple Tulsa games last year. And you'd get pissed seeing him drop back because I thought his best skill was rushing the passer. Yeah. But they would drop him back, and it was game-winning interceptions for touchdowns, game-clinching ones in the fourth quarter. Like, the guy's a decent zone dropper. Now, that was at the college level. He was paying the group of five. But like, Yeah, it's going to be different. He's just, he's, an, he's just an insane athlete. Like, when they get, like, I don't know, some he's, he's Cole another, Beasley on him or something. He's another one, though. Like, I want to give him two or three years because he's a super small-town Oklahoma kid. Like... He's a, as late bloomer as late bloomer can get. So a lot of good football there. All right. Um, so I've got, like I said, I got I got three teams in this next tier. I'm going to go Falcons here. Right. Um, defense is troubling. Although <laughs> they kind of DPS is just in full yellow mode, and I am living <laughs> for it. Um, I think the starting offense should be good uh, with you know Arthur Smith and Kyle Pitts and. Calvin, the God Ridley. So oh. uh, obviously, offensive line is a, a question, is a concern. But um, you yeah. know, a team that was really unlucky last year in terms of like run differential, run differential, point differential, for crossing sports, <laughs> uh, and all that. So yeah. Well, and as someone pointed out to you on Twitter, they've got future Lock Hall of Famer Adi Ogundeji lining up for them. <laughs> How can you bet against this team? No, it'll be uh, right. it, yeah, it'll be the usual Falcons experience here. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to go the Giants I here. I had them next, and that was, uh, I wanted to take them. Yeah. It, Great defense. Defense is going to be a joy to watch here offensively. Man, I know I've seen like one good Will Hernandez pass, pass blocking clip, but their plan around that unit, like I've heard everyone say nice stuff about this. 
I I was driving in this morning, listening to the morning show, and someone said they've given Daniel Jones so much around him on offense. There's no reason he shouldn't take that next step unless it's him. And I said, no, no, no. Uh, there's a whole wall full of reasons in yeah, front of him yeah. why this could go very poorly. I mean, still. are we gonna call it a wall? Because it ain't a wall. It's more like a like a like a rickety fence. Yeah, like a it's it, there's like a it's like the going down to a subway. <laughs> Like a few turnstiles there. I don't. Oh. I don't mean to be. I don't mean to be that cruel because like, Peart could take another step forward at right tackle. Which, by the way, I learned the right pronunciation for that it's name Peart. from this podcast. Peart. So Peart. Peart. Um. Yeah. Andrew yeah. Thomas got better at the end of last year. He like did. he he wasn't he terrible like totally. he was at the start of the season. But, but since the theme of today shows vibes, the Kadarius Tony vibes are not great. Mm-mm. Not great this summer. Not immaculate. Electric vibes. college player. The vibes are far from immaculate. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of stick do something similar, and I'm actually gonna take the Eagles here. Um, yeah, I, I think we don't. I mean, we don't need to get like fully into it, but I feel like Jalen Hurts could surprise because he has the opposite situation where he's he actually does have a wall in front of him. And yes. I think people forgot that because last year it was so bad for both him and Wentz. This was like the one like truly legitimate defensive guards in Wentz last season. And everyone's back. Andre Dillard might be traded. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Andre there. Andre Dillard, man, the the hype when he first came into yeah. what we've got now has well, been different, but it speaks to the talent that they do have. Uh, Mylotta has obviously really emerged for them. Yep. Getting Lane Johnson back is enormous. So, yeah, I love Devontae Smith, love what I've seen from him so far. Um, and then the on the other side of the ball, the front seven should be decent as well. Yep. Jalen Rager sounds like he's had a good camp too. They need that one to come on here. Give him a, That receiver room, no one over the age of 25 in there. Like it's a young, very wow. green group and not super – like it's not – like. How good is Devontae Smith, though? How slippery did he look? Even I know he had like a couple drops in that first game. Yeah. But whole it, it's like, oh, he's so thin. Can like you know how can he beat press? Turns out you can beat press when no one can lay a freaking hand on you. Skinny representation. And I know Spencer Hall's talked about this a bunch, but like the Alabama version of skinny wide receiver isn't something to be trifled with. There, they got a weight program that I've seen <laughs> firsthand. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Getting, yeah, it's, now it's getting, it's getting dark. It is scary hours out here. You know what? I'll get a little weird. I'll go Carolina here. I had Carolina next. I don't know why I keep saying like I had them next. I'm like affirming your pick, but um, it's a total. I mean, total upside play. You have like one of the I'd imagine younger defenses in pro football. Um, Brian Burns going to be fun to watch. He seems like a guy who's like maybe getting ready to make yeah. that turn at edge rusher there. And then, you know, the Sam Darnold experiment on offense, he's got a bunch of weapons that he is, you know, pretty familiar with their O-line concerns still, you know, certainly up in the air, but could be a fun one. So the final five. Yes. The filthy five. <laughs> Cheeks. In no particular order, Texans, Lions, Bengals, Jaguars, Jets, a lot of cats. Wow, three cats. Huh. It's, it's not not looking good out there for the. I mean, this cats. isn't this is a podcast co-hosted by a dog, so this sort of bias <laughs> is probably baked in and should be acknowledged. Up he front. also doesn't like the sound of planes. I don't know if he has anything against Texans. Um. Okay. So there's a clear final team. So I'm gonna hit space a few times. And <laughs> make there. that one abundantly so, clear. So looking at this for some. God, I before 
preseason, I def I think I would have gone Jags because I just love Trevor Lawrence and there's some fun young players on defense. But it's been a rough preseason for Urban Meyer. I the Jets. I really like what I've seen from Zach Wilson. But losing Carl Lawson is brutal, and that's a brutal mm. secondary, and they're going to just lose a lot of games because of that defense. I don't feel great about this, but I'm going to go with the Bengals here. That was, um, who, that was who I had next year, too. I think so. they've got decent players on the defense. There's going to be some improvement on that side of the ball. I'm still the, Obviously, the Jamar Chase stuff is concerning, but it's still too early for me to care about that. Um. His drops do worry me more than Devontae Smith's drops because, like, Jamar Chase, your thing is supposed to be, like, you know, yes. hands. and Yeah, you were you were getting Larry Fitzgerald comps, dude. You um, can't be dropping footballs. But I still like Joe Burrow. He had also, like, a lot of, like, you know, rough, like, it looks terrible in camp, but apparently he's turned a corner, and so is Jamar Chase. So I'm, I'll ride with Cincinnati. All right. In the interest of... This is probably, at this point, I'm just looking for things to delineate the filthy five. I'll go with the narrative pick here on the other draft pick tied to the Bengals. It'll be talked about here and go with Detroit. Okay. Go with here. Because same thing, Panay Sewell at right tackle this camp was can, the... Can you talk about that? Because, so, oh. yeah, so he's had a lot of rough outings. Yeah. How rough are they really, and how much of it is the left tackle to right tackle condition? I'd, I'd say the vast majority of it. And remember, like we talked about this when he was coming out, he's a guy that's so young, and you could watch in Oregon because he was a 2020 opt-out guy, so didn't play that 2020 season. So young player who, if you go back and watch his 29 tape, 2019 tape, it's like watching like a for my nerds out there. It's like watching a sand fight. Like he got better in game. You'd watch him make adjustments. Mm-hmm. Technique wise, he's still getting to the point. Like Rashawn Slater, infinitely cleaner prospect coming out. So Panay is already a guy where you were gonna have to work some hand stuff, make sure he was right technique. And now he's trying to flip all this stuff in his brain. And for a guy that's such a naturally gifted athlete, I think more so than like some meticulous technician, that turn requires more thinking. And if you're having him think, you're slowing him down a little bit. And so all those are like very legitimate reasons why, quite frankly, I would have put him at left tackle to begin with here. I wouldn't be messing around with all this stuff right now, but that's why we're going to see this be a little slower. I just realized I'm picking last. Ooh. Sucks for me. Okay. I'm going to go. They're both J teams, so uh, I'm going to go with the Jets. Jets, I'm going Jets. I don't feel good about it for the aforementioned defensive reasons, but man, the Urban Meyer. I I like, this is me picking Robert Sala over Urban Meyer. Just think of it that way. Yes. Well, I mean, Zach Wilson's looked by far the best of the rookie quarterbacks during the preseason, too. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know, man. It'll be, that'll feel good. I which, don't know, man. Which, mean, which means right. I get to pick Jacksonville here. Dag nabbit. I'm so worried for Trevor, man. I'm so worried. Like, on a lot of levels. It's not great. Well, because I just realized, like, there's a good chance that, like, the coaching situation in Chicago and Urban Meyer ruined the careers of what you could argue were the two best quarterbacks in this draft. Like, ruin them. Because we see it all the time. And they could ruin them. And it's going to be so sad because they're so good. Zach Wilson really lucked out. Which is such a weird thing to say about a person playing quarterback for the Jets. 
Like, what uh, year is it? <laughs> all right. We don't have to dwell on the final pick, the Houston Texans. Um, Field and I <laughs> did a long, 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 we had a long discussion about the kind of the rebuild there. And yeah. Field, who's like the smartest person I know, was actually like, I thought gave a really considered look at like, if you're a fan of the Houston Texans. Yeah. What should you be happy about right now, or what should you be looking forward to, and what should you be expecting, and all that? And if you're if you're a fan of these Texans, I recommend that you go back to one episode ago. He was excellent on it. He knows the roster really well. He's so smart. He just knows everything. I, I, Field Yates, probably the most criminally underrated person at the company, and I don't know if it's particularly close. Most criminally underrated person I know. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? As always, well, I guess Lenny's also pretty underrated. Um, so he's going to get in a question, and so am I, because it's dinks and dunks. Wanted to remind you, college football's back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. As always, five questions for our guest, four from me, one from Lenny. You ready? I think so. I'm All always right. worried. So, you should be worried. I just I feel like Lenny dunks on me extra hard. No, 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 no. It's hard because we have you on so much. How is he supposed to come up with new material? I, well, I mean, I don't know too much. How, how far have I fallen behind Dominique? Do we have the official count still? Uh, I think you're still pretty neck and neck. I kind of alternate. All right. Question number one. Right now, at this moment, who's your pick for offensive rookie of the year? Who? Yeah, this is tough. This is tough because of all the context we've been talking about. Yeah, you know what? I am. Mm, I'm gonna say it ends up being Justin Fields. Really? Yeah. Okay. I would. I would say just because, again, relative to, I mean, so many of these guys we talked about were filthy five dudes here. I think he could take over a team that's at least got Allen Robinson and some workable parts here. Yeah. People are really ignoring the absence of Allen Robinson. It's like, yeah. freaking Darnell Mooney's not playing it there. It's like, guys, I know we're all focused on the offensive line. I get that. But this dude has one of the best wide receivers in football, and he's not in the game. Yeah. And again, relative he's to offensive lines, like it's not going to be as bad as what Trevor's dealing with, although it's close. Yeah. But I mean that line's gonna well, get. Well, Trevor's health. is gonna get better gonna too. Get I think people too. are kind of ignoring. Yeah, like, Norwell and Linder are gonna come Robinson back. Robinson wasn't playing. Linder's clearly the best. He's the best player on the line. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's like chill a little bit. Yeah. Chill. I would say Justin Fields has the requisite amount of preseason love and hype too. And he's he does like the splash plays. I, I I'm I think Wilson's gonna make a run for it based yes. on what we've seen so far in the offense that he's in. But I think Fields makes sense. Question two: Alvin Kamara has a new cereal brand. Camara's King Crunch. If you had a cereal brand, what would it be called? Ooh. God, the G words that immediately came to my mind aren't appetizing. It'd have to be like Golix Gobs or something like that, which doesn't sound good at all. But they'd be delightful. My thing was cereal. What's that? Oh, no. My, you know, my cereal wouldn't be a granola. (laughs) You so know true. me. Yeah, my I cereal know. is like a, bu- it's like, you know, like Crave where it's like just little pockets of chocolate. <laughs> that would be my cereal. It's just a ball full of chocolate here. Uh, yeah. Chocolate. Enjoy, enjoy Golix gobs. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> nobody, listen, nobody, well, nobody wouldn't until you see him again. We're going to roll out a great advertising campaign. <laughs> Kimes Clusters. Oh, that one, that one. Well, I mean, honestly, that sounds exactly like what yours should be. It's like a healthier brain. It's brain food. Uh, People can eat that and feel good about eating cereal, despite the fact that it's all candy. Stay woke. 
Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> question number three. Um, I love when my answer is so clearly disappointing. <laughs> um, question number three. We didn't, we didn't talk about this because I said it doesn't matter who plays quarterback, but Cam Newton's out. There's, it's like bizarre. He like didn't take a test, and the fact that he's out for five days maybe means he wasn't vaccinated. But like, it's not concrete enough to where we can all definitively say so. Shout out to Chuck Salatoro. Does Max? That's the guy at ESPN who makes sure we don't say anything stupid. Do you think Mac Jones starts Week One? Yes, I do. This is the opening. Uh, yes, I think this is the opening, and I think it's interesting because you brought up some of the differences with Cam, like you know, just in the, way, the ball, in, the, yeah. in the way he plays. But I also look back and think the last year, Josh McDaniels did a lot of different things with Cam in that offense with his legs, especially in the red zone. Mm. I can't imagine they were running the same offense in practice, and so now you're going to get the Mac Jones offense being run by the ones in a critical yeah. point of training camp, very close to the start of the season. I know we've only got four preseason games, but I just think if it was neck and neck, this is too big of an opening for him to miss. All right, question four. We've been talking a lot about vibes. Which of the rookie quarterbacks would you say has the best overall vibe? Oh, good question here. I um, So I can't go with Zach Wilson because as we've established based on his draft day photos, he looks like a Bitcoin bro, and it freaks me out a little bit, so I can't go with him. Um Trey Lance, I don't know enough to really have a vibe for him. He's a little too mysterious for my liking here. He's so nice. He when well, I heard he's really smart. He's, he's so big and strong. Nice. Like he's, so, he's like the nicest guy. That being said, if I'm just going to go immediate vibes, it's got to be Trevor. I remember seeing him at Media Day at Clemson when they played in the national title game where they blew the doors off Bama, and I was just like, no 18-year-old kid should have hair that good or look this big and strong or be that kind. Jeff Darlington did an interview with him, and I think Lori Fitzpatrick, who's a great follow, tweeted a picture, and she was like, his eyes are actually teal, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> it was written um, in the stars. Written, but, oh, mm. My poor sweet baby. Not a good time. All right, question five, as always, comes from Lenny. Um... Lenny, you know, he's on the internet. No one knows his account. He noticed that at on August 22nd, oh boy. at 9 p.m., you tweeted, only fans, but it's just Wayne Gallman pass pro reps. He wants to know if you're ever going to get married. <laughs> Lenny and my mom sharing this Twitter account? <laughs> Dear God, add it to the list. Wayne, I love you. <laughs> 